What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks. For each episode, I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so glad that you are tuned in and you're listening to another podcast conversation right here on Behind the Grind. Listen, this is the last podcast conversation that we're sharing this year of 2021. And matter of fact, it's coming to you a day early. Listen, I want to share this conversation. I know we've been grinding all year long. We've been talking about business. We've been talking about uh, execution. We've been talking about all these different things all year long. Well, today, I just wanted to have more of a laid back, fun conversation. And so I invited my friend, my good friend, Jamiel, to the podcast. And today, we're going to talk about college football. Now, you're probably wondering, why are we talking about college football? Well, it's perfect timing, right? You know, it's the beginning of the year, the end of the year, beginning of the year. All the college bowl games are happening. And this is a subject matter that me and Jamie L talk about all the time. So I decided, hey, let's bring it to the podcast. Like I said, we're grinding all year. Let's switch up the topic. Let's have a laid back conversation um, to, 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 to give ourselves a little balance during this grind. So as we end this year, I'm going to have this uh, great conversation today that I'm excited to share with you. Like I said, the guy that I have in the grind chair is my friend. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a leader, he's making such a difference in his community, and I thought it would be fitting to end the year with a conversation like this. So, if you are ready, let's jump into this great conversation. We're talking football, we're talking bowl games, we're talking it all right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. Welcome to Behind the Grind, man. I appreciate it, Sherrod. I I am honored to join the show today. Thank you so much for having me on. Man, this is what's up, man. So what we're doing today, man, we're going to get into some football like I've shared with the audience. I know some of the listeners may not be big sports fans, but today we got to do it, right? Because it's the end of the year. And so bear with us, those of you who are not big sports fans. But it's the end of the year and some big games are coming up. And so we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into that, Jamie L., I just want to kind of talk a little bit. You know, me and you kind of go way back. We, we met, um, I, I think I was in the grind per se, uh, trying to uh, be a taskmaster and all of that great right. stuff back when we met. And right. one thing I spotted out about you is, man, you know how to work hard, go hard, but you also know how to balance life. You know how to balance family and you know how to balance fun and enjoy life. And so for a brief moment, I want you to share with my audience, man, a little bit about yourself and then how do you manage this lifestyle of 
a true balance, man. You're like I said, you're a father. You get out and watch some sports, but you do go hard in the at the workplace. Let's talk about it, man. No, I appreciate that, man. Yes, uh, again, um, you know, I'm a hu- I'm a husband. I'm a father. Um, definitely, those are my two most important jobs. Um, definitely, I've been working in the financial industry almost 20 years now. So, um, man, I, I, has it yeah, been that gra- long? Yes, it has. You know, it's, it's <laughs> man, so you're telling our age, man. <laughs> hey, man. You know what? Embrace that age. The fact that we're still yes. here, you got to embrace that age, man. Real talk. Yes. But yeah, man, I definitely um have been doing a lot of different things between just trying to build things going forward in life. So again, right. you know, just being a husband, being a father, um, have you know, have being in my career, you know, graduate from Michigan State, um, and those are things that I take so much pride in, and then serving my community, whether it's uh, work from first of all my from my church, uh, yeah. whether it's different things with. Our uh, Michigan State community. Um, I actually serve on some uh, Michigan State initiatives right now, so I love just to be able to see others succeed, and that's kind of that's that's what I'm all about, man. Being excited to see others do well, man, and that is so true about you, man. I, like I said, when we connected and we met, you again, you love to see others win. I, you know, I saw you interact again. You go hard in the paint. But you also pull people up, right? You you definitely encourage people. You inspire people. And again, you actually really get excited about seeing other people win. You know, in the environments that we've been in, I've seen you actually get excited about. Where does that come from? You know, it, it, it's just a it's a passion from just my core belief, my core faith belief of see, of serving others and seeing the success of others. Um, every everyone has a purpose, and you know sometimes it's tough because some people don't get to the point of really living out their purpose for several several reasons. But if you have, if you we can all get to a point of knowing what we're good at, and then actually humbling yourselves to enjoy the success of others, you will find your success is going to come from seeing their success. So that's just kind of a core belief that I've built. And you know what? It's, it's worked to this point in life, and I'm just going to keep it moving. Oh, man, and it, it definitely works for you. It's got you looking young. I, I was teasing earlier about we're showing our age, but we both look young, man. And so I, we're enjoying life. We, we love life. Uh, like I said, we work hard. But one thing we do we, is we enjoy this thing called sports, college football. We've been talking about it for uh, years. We, we, when this time of the year, we get geek, we get excited. Yes, you know, sir. more so you in the football, college football. But then when basketball comes around, I come and say, hey, Jamie, are you watching this, watching that? But we're always talking about this college sports. Now, I notice you're more of a college person than a, a professional sports person. What, what's that about? You know, it, it, it was funny. It's funny because I am now like college football, college basketball. Those are my top two. And what's yeah. interesting is I used to be a huge NBA guy growing up, Really, huge NBA guy growing up. So, you know, just the way the NBA was at that time, how competitive it was, you know, just the, the rivalries, the intensity, you know. But as you know, once I went to Michigan State. In which it was surrounded by a lot of things in the Big Ten Conference, and being able to just to learn the landscape of college football, the passion, the passion, mm-hmm. all those things, it just it, it does something to you where it made me have that interest to know more about it and learn more about it. And, and as yeah. I learn more about it, and and seeing that the constant excitement about your school winning, your program winning. It just created this assignment that had just built higher and higher as the years went on. So as you said, I, yeah, I, 
I love all sports. I was an athlete, you know, in grade school and, you know, that that love of sports just kind of came from that that childhood background. But now just seeing all the things with college sports. I know we don't, it's not, it's not a perfect sport. We have our challenges. Right. We have things that right. need improvements, but we definitely, what we do have is something great that fans tune into. It's the reason that college sports, even from an interest level has just soared over the last several years. So, so many yeah. th- things uh, about it that just makes me excited. But again, the biggest thing is knowing you can root for your university and see them do well. And of course, it's all about those Michigan State Spartans, first of all. I love it. I love it. You know what? You got so much excitement about Michigan State. You know, again, I got to go back to when we met. I actually moved from Ann Arbor, and I moved to Lansing. So if those of you are listening, not rec- recognizing, one of the schools in the state, and I won't mention its name, is located in Ann Arbor. Yeah. The other school, which uh, Jamie L. is talking about, is located in uh, East, well, East, East Lansing. Lansing. Yes, sir. <laughs> East Lansing. <laughs> and so when I moved from Ann Arbor, I was a big football fan of Ann Arbor. And, uh, again, talking about Jamie L., I, I, we, we connected and Jamie L. invited me to a Michigan State game. I got the experience. I'm like, whoa, they are real about this game here at Michigan State. These guys really enjoy their fans. Is is they are they are hype. They are all that. I'm like, wow. I had nothing against the other school, but I hadn't experienced a college football game like I experienced at Michigan State. And low key. I actually got converted <laughs> to a Michigan State fan during our tenure and hanging it together. And it's due to you. It's your fault. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll own all that. I'll own all that. That's right. Go green. Go green. So now we got to talk about that. Now, I just I just talked about that other school. I'm going to let you mention that other school. But we must talk about it. Earlier this year, that other school in Michigan State played. And you can talk about this or this is a rivalry that goes in a for, for who knows when. That game, I, I noticed that the other rivalry, uh, the rivalry uh, challenge came up, and there was a lot of talking going on. If you explain what happened against those two schools this year, well, first thing <laughs> I can tell you that Michigan State won the football game, thirty-seven, <laughs> thirty-three. That's the first thing. So no okay. matter what, people need to understand Michigan State won that football game 37 <laughs> to 33 and we had Are you emphasizing that <laughs> yes we had ESPN game day in town we had mm-hmm. we have the the Fox new uh, Fox uh, big kickoff come so everything was there to make this a great chance Wow. Yeah, that game was very hype. I was actually, um, again, I don't live in Michigan any longer, so I'm watching this game um, out of town, and I'm like, this game is hype. It was definitely a hype game. And so, obviously, Michigan State came off top. I saw the chatter going back and forth on social media channels, and uh, obviously the big uh, Michigan State fans was giving it to, uh, and I'll go ahead and say it, they were giving it to Michigan. They were giving it to the Michigan fans. They were telling them how they beat them. It was going on. I was like, wow. And, and it didn't look like Michigan State was going to win. It, it looked like uh, Michigan had their number this year, and then Michigan State came up with the win. However, the following week, we you know, I hate to go take us from this high, but then the it's following all good. week, man, Michigan State, dog, Michigan. But then the following week, something happened. Michigan State lost. Can you talk about that a little bit, or is that too hard to talk about? No, we see that's one thing about Michigan State fans. We we own whether we win, we lose. We're Spartans. Spartans will. So we're gonna own that either way. 
But at the okay. end of the day, yes, it was it was a disappointment. You know, we we were ranked uh, at that week heading into that Purdue game. Yeah. We were ranked number yeah. three in the college football playoff release. So right. the hype, everything was there, and it was definitely a disappointment um, to lose that game again respect right. to uh purdue for what they were able to do uh, they were able right. to make a lot of plays in, in our in our secondary and you know we just at that, that particular game we just did not finish the game that we needed to, uh, to finish so that was on us right. for, to do that okay. that we didn't do that but i can tell you what going into that game with so many things that we had in line i would definitely say the focus was there to win it was okay. just one of those things you got to give respect to what purdue was able to do in that game. Right. But that didn't change the fact of what we had accomplished the week before. And I do think right. our, our young men was ready and our coaching staff and our program was ready. It was just yeah. one of those things. We took that loss. But we but at that same point, Sherrod, we went right back that next week. Yeah. We had, we went ahead and took care of Maryland to kind of get the, back on the winning track. Right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's. Go, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. Do you, When you look at Michigan State's season – and that loss, I, I mean, the win with Michigan was huge, obviously. But you guys have gotten kind of used to beating Michigan. So even though it's a big news, you guys have always kind of, well, over the last few years, you've got, been giving them the business when, uh, when it comes to football. It's but 10 out loss, the last 14, but who's counting? <laughs> 10 out the last 14, but who's counting? <laughs> I love it. So then that following week, uh, you by that loss, do you think that, is a huge uh, mark on the season. Does it does it disqualify the season? Where do you rank this season with following up that Michigan uh, win with a loss? Well, I would say overall, I am very proud of the season that our student athletes put together and, and our coaching staff put together and our entire football program. Again, from everybody, sure. from everybody that's related to our program. But I can tell you, the standard at Michigan State now. Is the is to be able to win a Big Ten championships and qualify for the college football playoff. So yes, mm-hmm. we had a we had a successful season to in our regular season at ten and two, and we're we're excited to be able to look forward to our game versus uh, the University of Pittsburgh, where we mm-hmm. our goal is to be eleven and two. But I can say. We, we are very, most of Spartan Nation are very proud of our young men. We're proud of our pro football program as a whole. But let's mm-hmm. let's be serious here. We wanted to win the Big Ten championship this year. So let's yeah. not get let's not mistake it. Um, those days of just beating Michigan and that's it. No. And I can tell you just from a Spartan, my perspective of this, when we reached the college football playoff in 2015, after that yeah. season, I think that bar really set high for Spartan Nation. Yeah. And I think from that, knowing you were that close, you were one win away from playing for a national championship, I think a lot of that old, same old Spartans and some of those things that occurred, I think mm-hmm. that let Michigan State as a whole know we can qualify, we can compete, we, we, can, we, we can be a, a consistent force in the Big Ten Conference, and a lot of other teams in our conference have to respect that. And some right. teams may not want to respect that. But but we're Michigan State University plans to keep that intact. All right, man. You, so I love it, man. You 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 bleed green. I definitely can see it. You're alumni, and I love that about it too. You know, you you're not just this fan as well. You actually are alumni of Michigan State, and so you definitely know you you definitely know what you're talking about. So let's kind of go a little deeper with Michigan State. You know, this year they were able to, uh, well, was it last year they were able to uh, get a coach, right? Right. A coach that is uh, was well sought after. Michigan State was able to land him to their right. program, and um, you know, he, you know, obviously, like any program that's developing, obviously, he had the rocky road last yes, season. Yes, yes, definitely. Right? 
This season comes up. Obviously, the season is starting off great. We've got some great things happening for Michigan State. Michigan, of, of course, beating Michigan was a big a win for him. And then, I believe, was it the week after or the following week, they offered him a huge, huge salary that had landed him as the second at the time. It landed him as the second highest paid college coach with approximately around, what, $9.5 yep. million? Mm-hmm. Right in that ball, right in that area. What investment is Michigan State, and what do you think about this investment Michigan State made in Mel Tucker? I I think it's a great investment um, for for our football program. And again, and as I alluded to just a few moments ago, I think Mm -hmm. once our university saw just how high our program can go, and before I even go any further, Mm -hmm. a lot of that process is based on the success of what Coach Mark D'Antonio achieve our program he really raised the bar and that standard for michigan state football so and one thing one thing about that is i love that our 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 coach uh, coach um, mel tucker he embraces that history and and what he's trying to do is build on that and he's inviting all of spartan nation with for that journey which is awesome and the things he's been able to do from his background, I mean, he he he's been on a national championship teams. He's yeah. he's co- he's coached at the highest level in the NFL. So mm-hmm. a lot of the things that he was able to bring to Michigan State was making sure that our program was in a position to be able to compete for years mm-hmm. to come. And I think wow. a lot of a lot of that is not just one season. There was a lot right. of things that was going on that I think our program saw that. They said we have to make this investment, and the fact that we had achieved those kind of successes under uh, Coach D'Antonio prior, I think the program is ready to keep those. And I think with Coach Tucker, with the knowledge, with the expertise, and with a lot of things that Michigan State is doing to show their importance of athletics and and, mm-hmm. and, our, and our university as a whole, with so many other important areas that needs to, to needs to support that, I think that all contributed to why Coach Tucker was given that investment, which I completely support. So, you know, I'm going to dig a little bit, obviously, you know, because, you know, there's going to be chatters outside of the Michigan State uh, camp that, you know, have a questions about that. So, of course, th- I don't know if I mentioned that he is an African-American coach. Right. For those of you who are listening who may not know, he's a black uh, head coach. And so obviously that's a win for the African-American coaches uh, to, for him to be the second highest uh, paid coach. But some may argue that he um, has not won you know, the big dance or he is, is, is it too early to give him this amount of money um, considering that are we are we giving him this money based upon potential or is this uh, what are we giving him this money for? Well, you know, and again, but see, here's the thing about it. Most programs or anything, even when you look at the business world, you once you spot talent, you invest in that talent. And once you see mm-hmm. it there, you go for it. So yes, there's going to be there's going to be people that will say, "Hey, if the win total is not where it needs to be, you paid this kind of money." And again, but that mm-hmm. but to me, that has always been with other coaches in 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 the Big Ten conference as well as outside was as well as in the Power Five as well as throughout college football. So I I'd mm-hmm. rather for it not to just always keep going to where unfortunately where it's just on Coach Tucker. This mm-hmm. these are things that's happening anyway. We've always made right. investments of coaches that we see are doing things internally. We see they're having a good season. We see they're improving recruiting. They're improving the student athletes with grades, with all types of things that's yeah. going on. So as opposed to just looking at it that way, which is fair and respect. But I think in this situation, our leadership 
and a Coach Tucker is ready to embrace that. Because one of the biggest things um, to end this point on, when we had the uh, the COVID season in 2020, where again, you know, we did we went two and five, but we still beat the University of Michigan even in the COVID year. And I'm sorry, I just had to make sure to throw that in there because we were a 23 point underdog and nobody gave Michigan State a chance, and we still yeah. showed that Michigan State can compete, you know. But yes, we had yeah. our struggles last year, and again, Michigan State and Spartan Nation will own that, and that was the motivation he had. So he could have took that to say. You know what? I got a few years. Um, let me just build the program. No. Mm-hmm. Coach Tucker made our program look at this and say, you know what? We need to win now. And he felt mm-hmm. this of the finish, felt disappointed that we didn't win as many games. So when you have a coach that is right. inspiring that within the program, that he didn't look at it as this year was year uh one. He looked at last year as the real year one, mm-hmm. and this is year two. And he created the sense of urgency within the program. And I think those kind of traits is what winners do. And those kind of traits is what created a culture. And I think that's what the Michigan State officials looked at to make this type of investment. Wow. It's, it's huge. And again, I'm ex- actually, I'm excited for him and what he's doing. You know, the question is you know, still going to come up. You know, we're going to be, all eyes are on him. The attention is on him. And so we're, we're, we're there's going to be those that are waiting to see what he's going to do. And there's going to be others that are just excited to see what has happened. And it's, and it's pumping him on to see him uh, win. And so I wish him uh, the, the best uh, in this role. And I think, I think Michigan State, I know it. Matter of fact, I know it. Based upon what you've described, you know, last season. And just as a tremendous improvement. Underdog, you used the word underdog. Being an underdog in this season, nobody had them ranked. Nobody really had them on the top of their radar uh, to do what they did this year. So, yes, I would agree. This has definitely been a, a great season, and he deserves every penny based upon the season and how he's turned this team around. However, we're going to still we, – we won that national championship. I know you're confident that they're going to get it, but people are looking for that national championship to come out of Michigan State under his head coach, and we want him there for the long haul. So I think that's going to be a lot of the talk. Now, with that saying, let's go on that underdog tone, right? You guys had a fascinating player – this year, uh, a running back uh, by the name of Kenneth Walker, I believe yes. that. And, uh, Kenneth Walker III, the third. K-9. Killing the, killing the game. K-9. Killing the game, especially early on of what I watched and what I've had a chance to catch. The guy is phenomenal on the ground running. Now, with that being said, recently they had, maybe a few weeks ago, they had the Heisman Trophy uh, award ceremony, but he wasn't there. Let's talk about it. What's your thoughts Disappointed. about Disappointed. There's no... It, for all for all of us who have watched college football game in game out, mm-hmm. it, it was very mm-hmm. disappointing to see his name not among the four finalists. And again, that's no that's no disrespect yeah. to the four finalists that were there. You know, they put in their work sure. and you know to try to do everything they can to be there. But I will say, uh, from from a Michigan State standpoint, as a Michigan State fan, um, knowing that the first time that young man touched the football. He scored a touch. He scored a touchdown, and exactly. that has been something that he's carried the whole season. And he's been consistent from a yeah. yardage standpoint, from a production standpoint. Michigan State football really excelled due to what he was able to do in the backfield. So again, I feel Kenneth Walker III should have been uh, in the top four of the Heisman finalists. You know, he was able to win several of the national awards but again when you when you talk about the Heisman Trophy and you talk about what's required of the Heisman Trophy winner his humbleness 
the way he came in as a transfer and had that type of production, it's hard to not see that. So it was disappointing in Spartan Nation to not see him among those top yeah. four. What do you think that was? What? Why do you think he was overlooked? Is, is it because he plays for Michigan State, or was it the transfer thing? I mean, what what, what do you think might have contributed to him being overlooked? You know, it's kind of interesting that the four final, well, actually three of the four okay. finalists actually played, uh, minus uh, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, actually played on conference championship weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that the fact that, yes, we fell short, one game short of completing for our conference championship. Mm-hmm. So three of the four players did play in the conference championship okay. game. So I'm not sure if it's just more. I think you've got That it. was their way <laughs> that, that could have just. Made it, you know, made him where he should have been forgotten. But I, I guess when you look at the production of what he did, it would be just be hard to forget what he did for the season. That, and I think a lot, it was a lot of things going on with that. So yeah, I think that's a good point. I didn't look at it that way. I think that may have been. It doesn't justify him not being there, but that may have been something that contributed to uh, him being, you know, missed in this in this particular award. He won two awards, right? Um, this yes. season, so yes, he's definitely yes, and and actually, and even more than that, I mean, he won he won the the Doug Walker Award. Mm-hmm. He won he won as far as best running back oh, of nice. the year. He won the Watcher Camp, nice. which is goes to uh, who they feel is the best player of the year. Yeah. Um, he was you know first team All Big Ten. He was first team All American. So there are several other accolades that he received. Yeah. But um, we definitely at Spartan Nation. Um, I myself definitely was looking forward to him being a finalist. But again, the kid, the way he handled it as a young man, we were proud of him. And, and when he declared uh, for the NBA draft, uh, NFL, uh, NFL draft, mm-hmm. you know, we had to respect that because he he put in so much good work oh, yeah. to um, have those achievements pay off for him. Definitely. All right. So real quick, so the the winner of the Heisman Trophy, since we're talking about Heisman Trophy, was uh, Bryce Young uh, from Alabama. And so you know, I'm down here in uh, SE. SEC country uh, per se, yes. and so obviously he won the uh, the uh, Heisman. Obviously, like you said, we won't take anything away from that. He's definitely deserving. No, but let's talk about that. He is actually I did not realize this. He was Alabama's first quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy. Or am, do I, I don't know if I have that accurate, but was he the very first? To my understanding, that is correct. To my understanding, interesting. That's just interesting. You know, they've had you know team after team wins after wins. And they've had great quarterbacks that have come through there, but I, you know, it's shocking to know that he's the very first one to actually win the Heisman. I know they have high, have had Heisman's to win. They actually had a guy from my hometown of Flint that went and won a Heisman Trophy. So I, yes, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. So they definitely have had yes. um, winners of the trophy, but I just that's the first time to hear that I, uh, he he was the first quarterback to do it. So kudos to him. He's right. definitely uh, deserving of that. Let's just talk for a brief moment. We won't stay here too long, but I know you know a little bit about co- um, college um, coaches and sports, and I just want to get your take on it because, you know, one of them is a little close to my home um, and, and, and Coach Brian Kelly, right? He started off yes. at, uh, actually at the time I was in college at a little small school on the west side of Michigan mm-hmm. called Grand Valley State, which many people don't know. Yes. He was actually the yes. coach at Grand Valley State, has progressed, moved up, and went and coached uh, one of the biggest programs at Notre Dame. And so you would think you yes. have arrived at Notre Dame as the head coach. Um, did some good, good, did some great things there, but now he's off to LSU. What's your thoughts about that? You know, it actually, it was very interesting when that happened mm-hmm. because, you know, Brian Kelly, 
he he was he's very accomplished. Yeah. You know, when he when he got to Notre Dame, you know, his first season at, at Notre Dame was a 2010 season. And just to kind of throw it in there, his first road game, he actually we actually played uh we actually played Notre Dame. Really? And that was when Little Giants happened. Really? That's when Little Giants happened where, you know, we had the uh, attempt for you know, we did the fake field goal and we oh, ran that yeah. in. So technically, so that was just one of those situations where, hey, you know, just from that, had to throw that Michigan State bone in there. But overall for, but for Brian Kelly, yeah. you know, he was able to reach the national championship game twice, I believe, as a coach of the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely been accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess, you know, for him, I guess the, uh, the University of uh Louisiana uh, State University, they felt that he was just a good fit. And I honestly, from an accomplishment standpoint, he fit, he fits a lot of success. Yeah. I mean, he's been able to have, it is hard to maintain success at the university of Notre Dame. Right. Um, and there's been a lot of great coaches that have went through that university. So um, he's definitely um, someone that knows how to win, wants to win, has a system. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited to see him down, like I said, in the sec now. So he'll be down this way. You know, going against the, 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 the what they recognize as the big coaches out here, uh, Nick Saban and all of them. So he'll be down here fighting his way through. Right, uh, right. With that being said, real quick, his replacement. Let's. I don't know if you know much about uh, the replacement in yes. uh, Marcus Freeman uh, as coach. Is that his yes. name, Marcus Freeman? Yes, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, what do you think? Is that a good move for, for, for them? And again, another African-American coach. Yes. I mean, you know, it's I can tell you what, um, just by hearing how he addresses players, um, I'll end up seeing that on social media, how he addresses players. I mean, that was absolutely beautiful. And And that's what you want, where when they can embrace a coach and he seemed very sincere and he seems like he wants to win and he's trying to build those uh, student athletes. Yeah. And when you have someone like that, it's hard not to root for him, no matter what right. school that no what, what school they're at, you know. So it, it seemed like he fits a lot of standard to um to be successful. And the fact of how sincere he he seemed um, in those interviews and in those uh, sessions with his student athletes, that was that kind of really gave me like a wow. This guy really um, could have some success. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm excited to watch him as well and see what, what he does with uh, that program. Uh, young guy, very young. So I think yes. uh, he's got a lot ahead of him. And he could you know, definitely be in, in the – his name could be definitely come up in the years to come, um, depending on how well he does here at Notre Dame. But he definitely should uh, be one of those names that we should watch and, and pay attention to. So I'm excited for him. Definitely. Now, definitely. with that, let's let's talk a little bit. This is going to shift a little bit um, because I know you don't maybe follow. Uh, you may, but uh, the HBCU, you know, that's the, that, that's the schools, you know, the – that the uh, right. historical black colleges and universities, um, they've been playing football. I don't know if a lot of people know. They've been playing football for years, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. They, they, set, they set a lot of the foundation. Let's, yes. let's, let's, let's you know, before you continue, to, let's, get, let's, let's really state that. You know, a lot of HBCUs, they set the foundation, and they have, they've played a major role in college football. So mm-hmm. let's just start right there. They've played That's a awesome. huge role. Yep. I mean, you think about the people who've come out of there, um, you know, players that have come that we don't think about how, how the impact they've had on the NFL game and the different things that they have done uh, based upon being an HBCU school. So with that being said, now Deion Sanders, prime time, prime is time. in the mix. <laughs> and he is now oh. coaching a program, um, Jackson State. 
and he's getting yes. a little buzz here. Just uh, the other day or yesterday, uh, they played a bowl game, and he ended his season phenomenally uh, and turned that program around. Let's talk about that and what the impact he's having on young men as well as his recruiting game. Uh, all of a sudden, he's getting some top recruits. What's your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I, I definitely, you know, just, just from growing up and watching Deion Sanders play, I mean, phenomenal athlete. I mean, there, there's no I, – I think it would be hard for anyone to not give the respect to uh, Deion Sanders um, from, a, from an athlete and, and his knowledge of the game and the work that he's put in to uh, to the game. That's first and foremost. Right. But, yes, it, it's, it was, it's great to see him have that opportunity at Jackson State and to see him successful and win their conference championship. Yeah. That was huge. And to even furthermore see him get land a top recruit, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely created conversation. I mean, most of the national outlets have discussed this. And at the end of the day, Dion has a lot of things to offer student athletes. And he has a lot of knowledge to offer the Jackson State uh, football program. So for me, I'm for it. And again, I you know, Dion is a stand-up guy of what of what I've observed him over the years just from afar, just from a fan standpoint. So I'm excited to what Dion can do with the program. I'm excited from an HBU standpoint, yeah. um, what what that's gonna do to grow the interest, uh, be able to grow more fans there, and also for the fans and the loyal fans that have that are either alumni of HBCUs as well as um, just football fans as a whole. Yeah, I hope they can be able to see more HBCU football and have appreciation for it as well. Yeah, it's awesome. That, that bowl game, I believe, it was right in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, it was, I believe, a sellout crowd. So that's good for yes. uh, the HBCUs and the attention that they're getting, the recruits that they're getting. So this is awesome. Um, real quick, before we get into the uh, – we're rounding up here, and we're going to get into some predictions. I think that's the, the part that I'm excited Hell about. Yeah. I want to get right, into right. these predictions. Um, one, before we get into that, um, I want to talk about, um, well, I don't know if we should really talk about it. I think, uh, Cincinnati has done a good job and they made the playoffs this year. So is, is it even something to talk about? Should we even expand, uh, the college playoffs or is that necessary? Yes, we okay. need to expand the college football playoff. Okay. I mean, it, it's, I think, you know. For a non-Power Five team to qualify for the playoffs, yeah. um, it was good, it was good to see. Again, right. it's very tough. They have a tougher role just right. based on many factors: uh, competition that they play, uh, the conferences that they're in. You know, but again, it's more the level of competition um, that's consistent when you have to compete with the Power Fives conferences. But at the end of the day, we need to explain the playoff. I think that's really going to create a system that's going to create even more fan interest and you're going to actually get some more matchups that I think a lot of fans want to see yeah I'm excited so let's do this uh Jamie L so this is really what we really uh want to talk about today um we're uh, recording this before it all so I'm calling it the prediction right we're not going to hold you to it we're not going to come after you um you know, <laughs> or anything like that but I think you have a good wealth of knowledge of the game of football and so I would love to see what your thoughts are on these matchups uh that are coming up and so we're just going to deal with some of the, the, the uh, big bowl games, of course, and then Definitely. we're going to get to the playoffs and talk about the teams that are playing in the playoffs. So um, let's start this off, right? Let's start right. this pre uh, prediction off. Let's go straight to uh, the Chick-fil-A Bowl, which will be played right in my hometown now of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, mm -hmm. Two teams that are going to be matched up, Michigan State, your Spartans, and Pittsburgh. What? Who do you have and why? <laughs> 
Michigan State all day. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. You know, that's one of those. But but really, you know, of course, course I'm the diehard Spartan. But I really think, um, you know, unfortunately in that game, we're not going to see um, the, t- um, the Heisman, two Heisman candidates. Um, you know, obviously, um, Kenneth Walker uh, for, Gord, for, for goal. So he's going to be heading uh, into the NFL draft. And uh, the quarterback over at Pittsburgh, uh, he's going to be um, – he also will not be participating in that game. So, you know, again, from a fan standpoint, I'm sure, you know, that's kind of one of those things you would love just from a fan standpoint to see them play. But right. with who's going to be on the field there, um, Michigan State's passing game has really, really complemented the run game of Kenneth Walker III. So I think that alone is going to really help Michigan State out a lot. Um, you know, again, uh, Pittsburgh, they did so much in the passing game with their quarterback. And again, you know, they have some great receivers. So they definitely have shown that they can put some points on the scoreboard. But um, again, if I had to make a pick, I'm going Michigan State in that football game. Awesome. All right, let's go on down to uh, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. We've got Notre Dame, who, who we've talked about, and Oklahoma State. Who you got and why? Wow, that's a tough matchup. But you know what? I'm going to give the slight edge to Notre Dame in that. And, and I think okay. there's why. And I would say Mike Gundy, you know, he's been at Oklahoma State a long time. So he's done some great things with that program. And, you know, so he definitely a well-respected program. I know, you know, they had that really, 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 really close loss. Um you know, at the end of the season uh, to Baylor, um, mm-hmm. you know, after well-played game. But again, I think that Notre Dame with um, with the way with the way Marcus uh, Freeman is coming in. You know, at mm-hmm. first I was a little questionable if they could win that. Win Notre Dame can win that just based on you know a few things going on. But just sure. with how how Freeman has been, I think that program is going to be locked in. I think that they can be able to have some success. So I'm going with the Fighting Irish on that one. Perfect. All right, so let's get to the old Rose Bowl. You know, that that big Granddaddy of them all. (laughs) Granddaddy of them all. We've got your that other school (laughs) in that other state. (laughs) Right, right, right. Ohio State and Utah versus Utah. Who you got and why? You know, and that's 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 going to be an interesting game. Uh, But I'm I'm going to go right right with the Ohio State Buckeyes in that. Um, Their offense has been so powerful. I know that, you know, they had that struggle against uh, Michigan. Again, Michigan definitely was able to do a lot of things for them. So respect to that, what they were able to do in that particular game. But Ohio State has been dominant on the offensive side of football. I mean, they've, they've scored 50, at least over 50 points multiple times during the season. And Utah has really come on. I mean, Utah has been consistent. Uh, they beat Oregon twice, which is hard yeah. to do in any season. So to beat the yeah. University of Oregon <laughs> twice um, – was really impressive. But if I have to just go straight on matches with CJ Strout and those receivers that they have and, mm-hmm. you know, the running back, um, I, you know, Utah definitely can keep hold their own, but I'm going to lean with the Ohio State Buckeyes in that one. Oh, look at you. <laughs> go ahead. I, that's what I like about you. You got to keep it honest, right? <laughs> right, right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the All State Sugar Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Ole Miss versus Baylor. Who you got and why? Ooh, another tough matchup again. <laughs> you know, and the funny, you know, the Sugar Bowl is typically very interesting games. Uh, you know, because yeah. typically, you know, the Sugar Bowl usually is right after the Rose Bowl. So usually at that point, you're kind of preparing for for those of us. Sometimes <laughs> you may have to go to work that next morning. So sometimes yeah. people may not stay up to see the Sugar all the Sugar Bowl, depending on, you know, who, who you root for or, you know, whatever you got going on the next day. But Sugar Bowl is typically an interesting game. But I'm going to mm-hmm. lean with uh, the Baylor Bears in that one. I think oh, Baylor, wow. yes, you know, okay. Baylor actually, you know, again, they stopped Oklahoma State on that last play in the conference championship game. Right. And I think Baylor really 
coming into that game. You know, they were hoping to try to get slide into a second uh, to that fourth and final playoff spot. But again, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things that you know that that didn't happen. But I think Baylor's going to be ready. Um, Old Miss, you know, they've had a decent season uh, out there in the SEC. Clearly, the level of competition that they play on a week to week basis definitely qualifies them to um, to be there. And I think they'll compete. But again, I, I'm going to go with Baylor Bears on this one. All right. It's not because they're green, right? No, actually, that's not even a factor in it. That's not even a factor in it, but it helps. Yeah. All right. So let's get to it. We only got a few minutes left, but I do. We have to focus in on this. It's the playoffs. So now we went through the big ball games, but I do now want to talk about the playoffs. And so you're going to have to talk about a team again, uh, that school from the other from oh, the yeah. other city. <laughs> but For let's sure. talk about it. <laughs> the Goodyear Cotton Bowl has a matchup, Cincinnati and Alabama. They are going to go head-to-head. Who do you got in that game and why? I'm going to say in that game, again, in that game, definitely um, just for Cincinnati to be there, again, they deserve a lot of respect and a lot of and should get a lot of credit for, again, being outside the Power 5 Conference to qualify for the playoff. I just sure. want to start there. That, that That's, sure. again, so much respect to Luke <laughs> Fickle and what that program at the University of Cincinnati has accomplished um, and those student-athletes all season. They've worked hard to just to get into that spot. But you know what? In that one, I got to go with Alabama. And, and, yeah. and I'm going to tell you what. It's hard to bet what, against them. It's hard to bet against <laughs> Alabama in, in a lot of matches because of what they do and just how superior and elite they are at positions. Um, Alabama has a system that has worked for them for years. And, you right. know, no matter what athletes come in and out, Nick Saban has been there and getting, and getting those athletes and the, their coaching staff get those players, especially in games like this where – the pressure is there. You know, it's not too many coaches that you will see as successful as Nick Saban and his program of handling that. Whether you like Saban, whether you don't like Saban, it's hard not to respect the success that they have, that they have. And there's a reason for that. Um, you know, yeah. they, they have they have some of the among the best athletes in the country, but they also their coaching staff makes great decisions to put those student athletes in great positions. So I'm going to go ahead with, with that, with that sem- national semifinal. I think Alabama is going to, um, uh, take over and uh, beat uh, the University of Cincinnati. Okay. All right. You heard it here. So I, those of you who are taking notes, you heard it here. <laughs> Write it down. You said Alabama. So Alabama over Cincinnati because Cincinnati has been playing pretty tough. Um, did they beat Notre, did they beat Notre Dame? This they, did. Did, they did. They did. They went, so, they, and they went on the road. And that was on the road and beat Notre Dame. So that's, again, that was, that was a great win for them. Okay, I'm, I'm putting you down for Alabama. <laughs> That's right. All right, so now we've got to go to the Capital Bowl. I'm, I'm sorry, the Capital One Orange Bowl. And we've got Georgia, now my new state, and my old state playing, Michigan. Right, right. Georgia versus Michigan. Who you got and why? Wow. What a matchup one, you know, and I and I yes. think a lot of people knew they didn't kind of want to see the whole repeat matchup with Alabama, yeah. Georgia that quick. And, you know, again, that's Not a whole nother conversation. Right. right. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but, you know, so we have Georgia and, and Michigan in this game. Both teams, both both teams uh, deserve to be in the, in the college football playoff. Uh, both teams have strong defenses. Um, Michigan, for example, they really from an offensive standpoint, they really improved on offense uh, the last uh, month of the season. So, um, you know, especially actually after that loss to Michigan State, they really developed some <laughs> things in that in their passing game that really mm-hmm. was able to kind of give uh, us uh, some problems. Um, but mm-hmm. and, and, but also they were able to use some of that to be able to carry help them in games following that. So uh, Michigan is right. going to bring a, a 
kind of more of a balanced attack. Um, you know, okay. Hutchison, which you know, which he qualified and he was a Heisman finalist, so he's definitely going to be someone that you have to kind of be leery on on that side. But if I, you know, but Georgia has been the number one team all year long prior to that loss to Alabama, and Georgia yeah. is the real deal. They both sides of the ball, Georgia, their defense has been among the best. And okay. when you look at the consistency of what they've done, it's hard to. Now, who's going to win? I'm going. I think the Georgia Bulldogs will take care of uh, business against the University of Michigan. So if I so my pick is going with the Georgia okay. Bulldogs. So with that being said, that gives a national championship re, uh, rematch <laughs> of the of Alabama, yes. University of Alabama and the University of Georgia in the national championship game. So that is my prediction. Okay, so let's go to that. So between the two, Alabama and Georgia, they're playing again. The rematch. Who you got? This is for it all. This is for the marbles. Who do you have? Wow. <laughs> you got to think. You got to think Georgia is going to be hungry to get Alabama. Again, you got to get Alabama. Right. You, you got to think. You got to think. And I'm sure they're going to learn a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it is again in a national championship game. It's hard to kind of get Nick Saban and that Alabama program. Right. So I'm going to go with Alabama, uh, University of Alabama to win the national championship. I love it. I love it. Man, uh, Jamie, I, I love it. I, I appreciate you. Uh, coming on the program and, and allowing us to just talk, like I said, do what we do: talk football, talk college uh, football. Right. Um, I love these predictions. I love the analysts. I like how you analyzed and looked at it. So I'm, I'm going to kind of follow you here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> these these predictions that you made. I, I can't I can't say anything different based upon how you, you you made your argument, you made your case. These teams seem like they may be the winners of these games, and we'll we'll remain to see. Those of you watching, I hope you're keeping notes and keeping tabs, and you'll revisit this podcast and listen to it again and hear what Jamie L. said uh, so that we can crown him as the guy who got them all right. <laughs> right. Hey, but you know what? As we as, as as we close out, that's the beauty of college football, yeah. and that's the beauty of college basketball and college sports overall. Exactly. That you make these predictions, you go by the matchups, mm-hmm. but one thing about college sports, it never fails to surprise. <laughs> so... The key is it's gonna be interesting what happens. The key is prediction, right? It's a prediction. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You do all your, your you know, you do the best educated guess, you use all the, the information, the data, and I like how you do it. You use the data, use the information, and, and we make our best case. We put our best case for it and we see. But I'm I'm excited. I love talking about college football, like I said with you. Um I think we um Definitely. you know, obviously we could go on and on and talk about this for uh, hours. Uh, but just for the sake of our our, our, our listeners and audience we're gonna we're gonna end it uh, uh, there and we may have to come back you know we might have to invite uh, <laughs> Jamie o back during uh March Madness yeah. and do the March oh, Madness yeah. deal uh, <laughs> well you know you, now you know you know how much of a March Madness fan I yeah. still feel I feel and I'll put it out there I feel for me mm-hmm. March Madness is the best sporting event on the calendar oh wow from that there is there is for three, four weeks yeah. to have the nation captivated. Yeah. There's there's nothing I can think of for that that gets even the non-sports fans watching March exactly. Madness. Exactly. 
it, it, it is just it has such a appeal so yeah. if, if if you want to i would be i will definitely take you up on that yeah. and march madness is definitely something that creates so much excitement for all of us and um I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself. Let's do it. We're going to put that down. We're going to make sure we have a March Madness episode. For those of you who are watching, look forward to our March Madness episode uh, with myself and Jamie L. We're going to do this again. But All right, fam. I know you truly enjoyed this week's conversation It was a break from the true grind. You know, normally we're talking entrepreneurship, business, ministry, all of these things on Behind the Grind. But today we just dug deep into a conversation about college football. It's a topic that I love, a topic that I enjoy. I am so grateful for my good friend for joining me. Jamie L really brought it. And so with that being said, I want to thank all of you who have Uh, stuck around, of course, to the end of this conversation, but all of you have stuck around all year and listened to Behind the Grind. Listen, I want to wish you and your family a happy, happy new year, a prosperous year. I know great things are going to happen for you in this uh, 2022. Keep yourself safe. Keep your families uh, tight to you. Hug them, love them, and join us again right here on Behind the Grind.